Welcome to Elan Restoration Fellowship, where Jesus is King, Hamelech, Lord, Hashem, and Messiah, Mashiach. And now, Pastor and Rabbi, Billy Elias. Why in Christianity there has to be an awakening of people willing to say, I am going to celebrate Shabbat. Um, you know, because God went out of his way to uncover the mysteries, like he hid them away. And now that we're 2,100 years or so out from Messiah, um, he has given us the ability to unlock these mysteries. All right. So last week we talked about the word. And you guys saw in the three letters that make up the word Shabbat, how incredibly amazing God was and is in putting the meaning of the word of the the of Shabbat in the word. So that when you study it now, it's it's kind of like one of those yikes, you know, um, and then you're going to see as we look at the Shabbat and the menorah. The importance of understanding what happens on Shabbat, what it's for, because of the messianic, prophetic uh, uh, implications that these feasts and that menorah bring, right? Um, I just finished up and I posted the article yesterday, the an article on the letter Zayim, which is the seventh letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and how that letter in its literal spiritual and word picture literally tell you that the seventh day is for the Shabbat. It's amazing. So that article is on the website um, if you wanted to get that. So tonight we're going to start with the Shabbat and the menorah. Um, the picture is there. Obviously, this is an article form. Okay, so... One of the things that we have to understand in this illustration is we have to go all the way back to the book in Hebrew called Vayikra. And I just said that like I was Spanish, sorry, Vayikra. Okay. Um, Leviticus chapter 23, verse 3. For six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there is a Sabbath of complete rest, a holy convocation. So on that seventh day, let's explain, you would meet like this, and then in the morning, you go to synagogue, okay? Um, going to synagogue is not Shabbat. Going to church is not Shabbat. Shabbat. That is not Shabbat. That's going to church for a congregation uh, for a holy convocation, a whole, you know, with gathering of the, the, those who are like-minded, but it is not Shabbat that that's a very, very, very huge mistake and huge misunderstanding that in Christendom today is often taught from the pulpit, which is why people are like, well, I don't know. What do I, I go to church on Sunday. That's my Shabbat. No, it's not. Okay. Um, by definition, it's not. And we're going to see tonight that as we look at feasts, it, it gets amazing. It really does. Because the feasts are broken down in when the temple still stood during the temple days. 
And then the three feasts that haven't been fulfilled yet are because there's no temple. So the first four feasts, Jesus fulfilled. He completed, he embodied them. And now they're just a celebration being the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Passover, Pesach, and the Feast of First Fruits, and then Shavuot, not Pentecost. Um, but if you now look, we don't have a temple anymore after 70 AD. There's three festivals that haven't been fulfilled because in order to fulfill the festival, you need the temple. Crazy, but simple. Where did Abraham take Isaac? What was the name of the mountain? Moriah. Mount Moriah. Where did Isaac first lay eyes on and fall in love with Rebecca? Moriah. Where, after Jacob had his dream, did he declare the place to be Bethel? Moriah. Where is the temple mount? Moriah. So all the way back before there was a temple, there was Abraham and Isaac. So the fulfillment of the first three happened during the temple era, the second temple era. But you can't fulfill the next three, which is the stupidity of people that would say, Jesus is coming in April. Oh, Jesus is coming next week. Oh, Jesus is coming in August. No, there's no temple. You see? it's This is very simple stuff to understand. But because we get all caught up in theology that men make up to circumvent Tanakh, it makes it a big giant mess. So you can't have a second coming until you have a temple. And here's the thing. You can't have a second coming without a Shabbat. Yes, that is right. I went there. You cannot have a second coming of our Messiah without a Shabbat. So, it's important for us to understand, and, and, and you know, I know there's, there's a lot of theology out there. I challenge the theologians to show me, beyond the shadow of a doubt, where it says, either from Paul, from John, from Peter, or Jesus himself, that he negated Shabbat, where he said the old, I hate it, Testament, in his terms, the Torah and the Tanakh no longer matter. Okay? Because he never said that. He lived it. He embodied it. He himself said, actually, if you read it, not a yod or a stroke will pass. The Hebrew letter yod means hand. The stroke that he was talking about is the vow, which means nail. So the yod, the hand with the nail in it, cannot pass until he fulfills what he's supposed to do. He has not fulfilled that yet. He hasn't come back yet. He hasn't taken up his throne yet. It's that simple. It's this simple. So one of the things that we have to understand, and I have the, out, the outline right there. Um, you have that picture right in front of you. 
There's that center stand. That is the middle branch. The center branch. That is the Shabbat. And as you look at that, you will notice that every single branch comes from Shabbat. Because Shabbat is the foundation for what God has proclaimed for us to celebrate holiness. So when we look at Rosh Hashanah, and, and I've, I've broken it down, and as you look at this, okay, remember, we, we, they read from right to left, right? Right to left, and I apologize. So we the menorah is set up to go by the spiritual calendar, beginning with the Passover season, and then ending with the high holy days and Sukkot. Okay, so we're going to talk about Rosh Hashanah in a minute. So we're going to go to so the Feast of Trumpets. Um, Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets, the gates to heaven are opened. If you recall, we, we talked about it. It's when God's verdict is issued. Okay. Um, 48 hours, but still considered a 24-hour day. Right? On the great Rosh Hashanah to come, it is a day of ingathering when those who have been found not guilty are taken up to Shamayim, which is heaven, to worship Messiah Jesus. Now, the important thing about understanding this, it's in Leviticus. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I'm talking about verses 23 to 25 in Leviticus 23. Speak to the sons of Israel saying, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have Shabbat. It's to be a reminder of blowing of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall not do any laborious work, but you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. So this is important because when we look at Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot, it tells us in Leviticus 23 that what, what month does it say it happened in? The seventh month. The seventh day. Think about this for a minute. On the seventh month, that's when the Messiah is coming and he's going to clean house. So on the seventh day is the day we should rest. Because on the seventh day is when God rested. On the seventh month is when the great Shabbat happens. And we find rest. So it has to happen first in the natural before it happens in the spiritual, right? That is what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 46. That's the only scripture I have memorized in my brain right now. I couldn't do any other scriptural recital at all. That's the only one I remember. But what I love about this is it's not only, this not only has all of the elements of what Shabbat's supposed to be, but it also says you're to present an offering by fire to the Lord. Present, now, of course, we're not going to go outside and burn something, okay? I'm not saying that, all right? You know why we can't do that? Why can't we go outside and burn anything? Not only is it against the law, but why? Why? We don't have a temple. 
You see, I want you guys, you guys have to start wrapping your brain around this. The only commandments, statutes, ordinances that we cannot keep today, which the Jews can't keep, are the temple. Because there's no temple. But we know, because the Messiah went at great length to say, it is written, but it is also in the spirit in your heart. You've heard it said that Moses says, but I tell you what's in your heart determines the outcome of your behavior and the outcome of what comes out of your mouth. So spiritually, it naturally has to come first, but when we get saved, we leave the natural behind and we become what? Spiritual. So the natural commandments, even though they may not apply to us, they still now go where? In here. So we went from having a day of Shabbat to having that moment in here because this is where our temple is. But our temple is incomplete because we're not with the Messiah. You see what I'm saying? So we have to continue to have Shabbat so that we will know and understand who and what is really going to happen. Could you imagine what would happen to this nation if suddenly everybody started keeping the Sabbath? If suddenly people were like, you know what? We're going to keep Shabbat. Not the method, not the madness, right? Jesus loved to get into it with the Pharisees and the Sadducees because he would say, I don't like your method, but I love the Shabbat. Yeah. I don't like what you say, but it, the truth is in the word. Mm-hmm. You see, we've taken it and said he didn't like what they said. So that negated what they were saying. That's not at all the truth. So we have this where we have to offer a fire by the Lord, which we cannot do because the natural temple is not been built. Okay. So we come to the second day is Yom Kippur. It's the day of atonement, which where it's taught that the day, the gates to heaven are closed. We, we've talked about these and I don't want to go over rehashing all this, but Leviticus 23, 26 to 28. The Lord spoke to Moses saying on exactly the 10th day, of this seventh month is the day of atonement. It shall be a holy convocation for you and you shall humble your souls and present an offering by fire to the Lord. You shall not do any work on this same day or the Shabbat for it is a day of atonement to make atonement on your behalf before the Lord your God. So when we talk about the spirit of Shabbat, We know it's on the seventh day, and we're talking about the seventh month. So in the spirit of Shabbat, what should we be doing? What does Rosh Hashanah tell us as the spirit of Shabbat? What what should we be preparing for? Celebration. Shabbat should be a celebration. Shabbat should be a time that we all come together in a gathering to celebrate the Messiah with worship, with food, because that's what's happening, right? He's taking us up. And he's going, and we're going to end up at the wedding supper of the Lamb. So we need to be prepared. 
So on Shabbat, what is it about Yom Kippur? What is he telling us to do? It is a day of atonement. This is a day when we come with our family and we, we come together and we make peace. We shake hands. We offer the right hand of fellowship. We sit with our parents. We sit with our grandparents, our husbands, our wives, and we learn the things we learn from the testimonies of those who have gone before us in repentance for them to say, this or these, this is the way of Hashem. And when you keep the way of Hashem, this is the result. Do not be afraid to come before God and ask him to forgive you. For if you are faithful and just, or if you are faithful to ask God for forgiveness, he is faithful and just to you know I butcher scriptures, so you got the idea. Okay? That's just, I don't know why my brain works like that. I remember the dumbest things about the American Civil War, but when it comes to reciting scripture, it just, ugh. So, you see Shabbat now. When we look at the elements of the Shabbat, you see this now. We got Rosh Hashanah. We have Yom Kippur. Alright? And then, of course, we have Sukkot. The Feast of Booths. The celebration of the oneness that we're going to have with the Messiah. The celebration of Hoshana Rabbah. The great salvation. Leviticus 23 and verses 33 to 36. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the sons of Israel saying, On the 15th of the seventh month is the Feast of Booths for seven days. Hmm. Now let's talk about this. Shabbat's on the seventh day. And then on the seventh month... Then he says, you will celebrate Sukkot for seven days. Sevens. Seven, seven, sevens. Again, the Lord said, speak to the sons on the 15th, seventh month, feast of booths, seven days to the Lord. On the first day is a holy convocation. It is a Shabbat. You shall do no laborious work of any kind. For seven days you shall present an offering by fire to the Lord. Can we present an offering by fire to the Lord? No. Why? There's no temple. There's no temple. But do you notice that when you look at the menorah and that center stem, everything comes off of the stem. Everything. Because if you don't understand the foundation of Shabbat and what God called it to be, you won't understand the feasts. So because the church decided to stop celebrating Shabbat and then theology was changed to meet that initial conference and all those things that happened with, with the Holy Roman Empire and, and the Roman Empire We've lost sight. So you can, let me ask you this. Can you survive without the root? No. Can you, uh, true, now this is why I'm, I'm saying this. Can we truly and faithfully and honestly understand the days that the Lord has set as holy convocations unto him, the seven of them? Can we really understand them if we don't understand Shabbat? Or do we treat it as, oh, it's something to read, okay. Oh, the Jews are celebrating Rosh. That's nice. I got a football game. I got to watch. 
nothing wrong, but I mean, I'm not saying you can't watch football on Rosh Hashanah. I'm just saying you understand the mindset. Here's the mindset. Why is the church broken? Because we've lost the foundation. That's why. So, again, now you understand. So we understand Rosh Hashanah and Shabbat, Yom Kippur and Shabbat. And what does the Sukkot do? It brings us here to a house, to a home, literally, the Beth. Right? Sukkot is about being in the home and doing what? Not only breaking bread together, but sharpening your sword. Sharpening the arrow. Fixing the drawstring on the bow. To prepare yourself for war. Because God has given you the provision. God has given you the sustenance. And God has given you the strength if you rely upon him. And he's given you the weapon, which is the word. But if you don't use the word properly and you can't understand the word, if your idea of the Bible is from Matthew to Revelation, you are going to get lost. Okay? John says, in the beginning was the what? The Torah. And the Torah was with God and the Torah was God and the Torah did what? Became Hashem in the flesh. That's why Jesus said he is the living word. Because what he was trying to tell you is that without this and the foundation, you will get lost. You will inadvertently add to what God said not to add to. And you will inadvertently subtract to what God said not to subtract from. Because you don't have the foundation of understanding something so simple. Shabbat. Man, let me tell you something. When Jesus said, do you not understand that the one in your midst only desires, doesn't desire animal sacrifice? And if you understood what it meant when I said, I do not desire animal sacrifice. I just desire the sacrifice of the heart. Yeah. Right? He said that. And then he said, but even so, I am Lord of the Sabbath. Yeah. And he did it where? In the temple. In the brazen altar. Where the, where the altars were going 24 hours a day, 7 hours a day. 7, you get it? 24-7 burning sacrifices. And he said, the priests work on Shabbat and profane but are not held guilty. But you proclaim the innocent guilty. You see? Right? So he's even saying then, and that became the most impacting statement. Not at the time. I mean, obviously at the time, the Jews were not happy that he said that. But later on in Christendom, what do we do with that statement? What do we do with it? Because he says, I don't desire sacrifice, but I'm the Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath is for you, but I am the one that oversees it. Mm -hmm. I am Lord of the Sabbath because what? I am the one... That puts everything into motion. Jesus says, I am the great servant. And we're going to talk about that. So this is the thing. If he's saying he is Lord of Shabbat, and he never says not to do Shabbat, he just says the way you keep it is a disgrace. What you do is a disgrace, but I'm Lord of the Sabbath, which means I'm going to make it right. Because when my people come and they celebrate Shabbat in the right spirit, I will be there in their midst. Amen. See? 
The importance of Shema. So, I want to just, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. We're going to cover the next three feasts later. Let's go all the way to the back page because I want to show you the importance. On page number nine, you have a picture of the menorah. You will now notice the center candle. So, the shamash is in Hebrew is serving. Now, I want you to understand something. When Hanukkah comes and they light the menorah, they light the menorah from right to left. So, starting on the right is the Passover season. The only candle that is allowed to move during Shabbat or during, yeah, well, Hanukkah, they consider a Shabbat. But when lighting the candles is the servant candle. The middle candle. The middle candle is the one that lights the other branches. So every night you pick up the middle candle, you light the one, and then light the other, and light the other. Why? Because it is the servant candle. It is the great light. Because Jesus is the great servant of all mankind. What we need to understand, if you look at that servant candle, it's in the middle of the menorah, so it is the Shabbat. What we need to understand is not only is he Lord, he's the light of Shabbat. He is the light of Shabbat. Why do we light candles on Shabbat? Because the Messiah is the light of Shabbat. You cannot have a festival without a servant. It can't happen. He served us with his body as the great feast of unleavened bread, as the great Passover lamb, and as the great feast of first fruits on his resurrection on that Sunday. He fulfilled those in the temple era. Then came Shavuot. Why was it like lightning and all of this? Because Jesus himself was lighting the candle of Shavuot. He was showing you, I am the one that lights the way. And how do you light it? With the center candle. You don't have foundation. You will never illuminate your menorah. That's just the truth. Because it does say in Revelation, what? I am the great lampstand. That's what he says. Right? So you read it in Hebrew, what is he? Hagadol menorah. I am the great menorah. That's in the holy place. I'm the one that illuminates it all. So when I tell you I'm Lord of the Sabbath, because I am. I'm the one that brings the light. You can't have any of this without me. And you'll never understand it without Shabbat. I mean, and that's the question. Is your menorah lit? Is the menorah lit? And and, and it's... That's a tough question to answer. But the fact that we're here and we're celebrating Shabbat, I really believe in my heart that God right now is just excited. The angels are here and they're watching because they've seen Shabbat's law for whatever. But the thing is, God is pleased because Jesus is being lifted up because he is the light. And we recognize him as the light. I am telling you, to keep the Shabbat like what we're doing, 
gathering together as friends and as family and to keep their Shabbat is, is doing something that other people have no idea. Right. I'm not saying that we gain a, a, a special favor, but we do know that God <clears throat> listens to the righteous. That's right. It's not that he favors them more, although he did favor David. Pastor Billy will continue his message in just a moment. If you would like more information about sermon series, books, and other study materials, you can call us at 732-314-1956. Or you can email us at elanrestoration at gmail.com. You can visit us on Facebook for Shabbat and service times. And now we conclude today's message with Rabbi Billy. And I'm not, it's, it's a tough, this is a tough one to say because in the understanding of Shabbat and understanding of the things Jewish, we, we, we don't want to get caught up and have people misunderstand what we're saying. That's right. mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. But man has complicated the heck out of Christianity because they didn't understand. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. To truly understand that is to truly understand Shabbat. And just celebrating it gives you great insight Mm -hmm. into what that means. So, Father, we give you glory and praise, and we thank you, Lord. And as always, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you shalom peace. In the precious name of our glorious Messiah, we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Billy Elias. Pastor Billy is the founder and pastor of Elon Restoration Fellowship in Toms River, New Jersey. Join us again as Pastor Billy bridges the gap between the Old and New Covenants. And as always, may the Lord bless you with peace.